Welcome to the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. I'm your host, Christy Love. I believe in taking massive action to overcome life's biggest challenges because I know the rewards that lie on the other side. This show is a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you level up in your life. Here's to a new you where your dedication, commitment, and staying true to yourself will make your wildest dreams come alive. I'm a transformational trainer, speaker, firm mama, and proud wife to a distinguished Navy SEAL. We believe in the motto, never give up, never quit, while doing it all with love. I'll share real talks with experts and thought leaders who offer proven strategies to turn your barriers into success in this unfiltered, transformational, and thought-provoking podcast. Let's do this. Hello, hello, hello. In today's podcast, we are going deep. Today's guest is a man of exceptional strength and heart and soul. He has gone through a domino effect of tragic experiences in his life, which has enabled him to become stronger and stronger after each occurrence. Through all he has endured, he has built a successful digital company and is the host of one of the top 100 podcasts from Apple Podcasts called The Digital Savage Experience. I don't want you all to wait any longer. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Mr. Roman Prokopchuk. Hi, Roman. Thank you for having me on. Hey, how are you? You're welcome. You're welcome. Now, you have been through so much in your life, but you have an amazing story. Can you start by sharing that with our listeners? Sure. Yeah. So I'm a first-generation immigrant from Ukraine. I came to the U.S. in 1990 when I was five through Vienna, Austria, Rome, Italy, and then here. Ukraine gained its independence from the Soviet Union after, obviously, it collapsed in 92, so it was still under the Soviet Union. I came over with my parents, my grandparents, my aunt, and my brother to a two-bedroom apartment. My grandparents were already retired in Ukraine. Everybody kind of had to start working here and obviously make ends meet. I went to college here, Rutgers University for Criminal Justice. I interned with the Secret Service my last semester on the counterfeit currency squad and held the top secret federal clearance. And then I graduated at a great time, so winter of 2008, when the economy basically crashed. So state, local, federal agencies froze hiring. I couldn't really get a job, obviously. For months and months, I was applying, couldn't find anything, was down on myself, getting depressed. And the only thing that really kept me sane was exercising, going to the gym. And I met someone at the gym that basically presented an opportunity to me one day and said, come out to my car. I want to give you something. Maybe this will help, which obviously the conversation could have went several ways. But after my workout, I went outside, they opened their trunk and they handed me a packet about search engine optimization. They said, read up on this. It's like a 50 page packet, go online and you can start it for my business. And out of necessity, I jumped into it. And 12 years later, held three director roles, have worked on about 600 clients at this point, managed seven-figure portfolios, worked with seven, eight-figure budgets at times, managing teams of up to 15, and in 2012, started my own agency. And in my personal life, in the last four years, my wife and I 
have experienced five miscarriages that we've spent about a hundred thousand dollars out of pocket at this point. I think it's in excess of that. And that has led us to a journey of foster care. So we decided one way to grow our family was through a foster care system because we're fostered to adopt. So we've had 22 kids in our home since June 1st of 2018 when we started. We haven't adopted any, but we have been a safe, loving home for every child that has been in our home. And other than that, like you mentioned, started a podcast about three and a half years ago where I interview people as well and kind of uh, have been running from one thing to another ever since. Awesome. That is an amazing, amazing story. So let's start from the top here. Now, you said you're an immigrant with your family. You came here to live in a two-bedroom apartment. How was that? I mean, I was fine with it. I think it's all like mindset. So like if you look at a lot of people founding companies these days, people that founded companies like Google and billion dollar companies and unicorn companies, a lot of them are immigrants or children of immigrants. And a lot of them are from Eastern Europe as well. So seeing things in terms of a communist system, even though I experienced it for only four years. So standing in bread lines, power getting shut off at night, hot water getting shut off at night people disappearing in terms of the KGB, in terms of freely practicing your religion, because obviously in communism, technically they say there's no God, you have to adhere to the system or the government. So coming from that situation, I think it's made me more grittier and more accepting of situations and has helped me handle certain challenging situations a lot better as well. I can totally see that. Many people in America take so many things for granted. They don't understand the turmoil and the tragedy that other people have to live through on a daily basis. And it's amazing when I see people from other countries come to America and they just rock it. They create the American dream faster, effectively, and they do it happily. Americans, you know, I think we get very comfortable and all the luxuries that we have available to us and the freedom that we have available to us. So it's amazing to see someone from a different country who endeared so much hardship. Now, not just you, it was your entire family, friends, colleagues, people around you that are also enduring that. So that just makes you a stronger person. So I understand, you know, how you're able to just thrive above what the common people can. So a lot of people can learn from you, definitely, Ms. Roman. What sparked you to want to be a part of the Secret Service? That's pretty cool. Yeah, I was looking at more kind of federal law enforcement routes, and it was one of those things that was offered as, I guess, a partnership with my university. So I had to do a six-month background check to even get the internship, a very formal process that you look into you. And if you're not in any paramilitary groups, like terrorist group associations that you haven't said anything radical over the years. You had to have people interviewed that are in your close circle, people you've known for over 10 years, stuff like that. It's important because things that I've seen, I've seen movements of foreign dignitaries, where the president's going to be a certain amount of time, where, when, stuff like that. So it was interesting. And the fact that not many people know that the Secret Service has kind of a dual role, so protective role, and for the Federal Reserve in terms of counterfeit currency and investigation and stuff like that. So I was on the counterfeit currency squad. As an intern, I went on a few protective duties in terms of observing. That was the last few months of Bush's presidency before Obama became president. So it was basically guarding Bush's daughters that were in the area doing different talks and presentations and stuff. It was interesting, but from that, I kind of learned also that the federal system, or at least the Secret Service, every few years you get a different post. So if you want a family, you want stability, that's not necessarily the best. 
And if your chief director in that office doesn't like you, they'll send you to like like Anchorage, Alaska, or like (laughs) Minnesota or South Dakota, where there's one other person in that field office. And you don't really have control of that. So I think I overthought it and thought about it a little bit more that I want to be in something that's more control or I'm in control of the driver's seat, even though I was still applying to federal and state and local agencies in terms of law enforcement, the opportunity that I got in digital marketing was a blessing in disguise. Wow, that is so fascinating. I have a few people in my family who are, you know, military secret society there within the military. And just hearing those stories are always so fascinating. You you watch those movies and you actually lived that. So I remember those years very well, 2008. 2008 was a very interesting year. A lot of transition, a lot of things were going on, a lot of uncertainty happening. You said that during this time, you couldn't get a job. You became depressed and you went to exercise. Of course, exercising brings up our serotonin. So now is another time like that. We're going through a serious pandemic where people are depressed. They're inside the homes. But getting exercise is so important. Explain your journey and getting your fitness right. And that led to even more opportunities for you, right? Yeah. So I really got into consistently working out, weight training, that kind of thing when I first got into college. And I kind of stuck with it. So once something becomes a habit, it's a lot harder to drop off or be not motivated. With COVID, obviously, it's put a little wrench in terms of consistency of gyms being open, but I think there's really no excuses. There's a lot of things you can do at home or outside. You don't necessarily need to be in a gym setting. That was kind of one of my escapes for that whole time. So everybody has their things in terms of calming down or getting rid of stress. And that was kind of my quiet time, I guess, if you want to call it my therapy time, just to unwind. I would put my headphones on, sometimes work out with other people like a gym partner or whatever, but I would just get in there 30, 40 minutes to myself, get that jolt and then get that focus because obviously you work out, there's that release and you get more focus as well in terms of that afternoon, in terms of business ideas and stuff like that. So even today, more so before the pandemic, there's been a lot of meetings that are like walking meetings or things like that that incorporate fitness to get the mind going in that sense as well. That's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Exercise doesn't get the mind going and flowing. So you met another person who catapults you to the next level in your entire life at the gym. You know, I know that a lot of relationships are built at the gym because you're working, you're motivated. A lot of people who are business minded, that's a place also where they go to kind of get their creative ideas. So you met someone there and he introduced you to the digital marketing world, SEO. Now, uh, when this guy took you to his car and gave you this pack, what was going through your mind at that time? Well, I met him before. He went to Rutgers University like I did, but a different campus. So I've seen him around. We saw him at the gym. Started going to another gym and we just ran into each other. And whenever I would see him, he would ask how I'm doing. And obviously I would briefly touch on my situation in, in terms of applying to different things, applying to things that aren't even in the criminal justice realm at this point. But literally like the economy just came to somewhat of a standstill. He saw that I was willing to learn. I was hungry. I think in terms of a hiring process, whenever I hire someone, if they have that passion or hunger, they can be taught anything. So that book smart, you can learn overnight or if you're driven. Things like emotional IQ, leadership skills. I think I value soft skills more because those are the things that aren't so easily taught. And sometimes you can't even teach them to certain people at all. Right. It takes a special person to be able to learn things on a higher level, right? 
So was this guy an expert? How long, how long had he been doing the digital marketing? Well, he wasn't in the digital marketing space. So he did financial services and tax law and accountancy and stuff like that. And he had a firm, like a financial firm that had the need of someone to do this for their business. So by me expressing I'm willing to do whatever or get into whatever in terms of jumping into a new skill set, he thought he had a need and I could possibly fill that in terms of my hunger and passion and drive. He basically gave me that opportunity and obviously it was a starting point. I don't share a lot. The same person actually at the time had a cat that got cancer and had to drop like $20,000 on the cat. So for him, I did about three months of work, but I didn't end up getting paid because that money went to this cat. So it was also a learning experience about obviously putting things in writing, different business relationships. And I don't look at it as a negative because I think even if you go through something in terms of a trial or a setback, if you take something from it and you can apply it in the future, it's never a failure. So I thank him for opening that door and it's created a lot of opportunity and ability to basically be anywhere in the world with the internet connection and still being able to do my job. Right. I think a lot of people have experienced some different failures. There are perceived failures in their industry, in their job, in their career. What it all boils down to is sometimes I just take a step back and understand or ask yourself, what can I learn from this? How can it make me grow? How can this allow me to be a better business person, a better employee, would have a better manager, better leader moving forward? And just learn from it and grow and take those setbacks, those things that make you not feel too good (laughs) about yourself or about the situation and turn them into a positive. So good job for that. Definitely, Roman. Moving forward, you and your wife. Now, this right here is pretty sad when I read this. Five miscarriages in three years. How did you two continue to keep your bond strong during that time? I know people who've had one miscarriage, you know, their their marriage just was torn apart by that. How do you two continue to make it happen and grow? Yeah, I mean, it's tough every time. And obviously, we're still trying the natural route, the infertility route. But you have that thing in the back of your mind where it's happened five times. Is it going to happen to six? What's going to happen? Two of those were on back-to-back Christmas days, which is like, I don't know how that ends up happening. So now Christmas has kind of that negative connotation regardless of where we are. And it's definitely been tough, both individually and as a couple, more so from the physical side on my wife. If anyone's familiar with kind of the the process for getting an embryo transfer, IVF or IUI, you have to basically trick your body to think that you're pregnant. So you have to take all these hormones, all these like huge shots in the lower back and things of that nature that really throw off the chemical balance of your body. So the last cycle we did, she's still kind of recovering from that. So it's tough. And from the male perspective, you're experiencing it one way and all you can do is really be there for that person. But it's definitely a challenge and it's an everyday kind of thing in terms of getting through it in a relationship. Right. I totally bless her. With the body endure through each miscarriage, I'm sure it's heartbreaking and taxing as well. So what do you guys do to keep moving forward over this? Is it communication? Do you take just get away sometimes just, you know, to get away from all the stress of the memories that happen in the home? What do you two do as far as creating a better life? Yeah, kind of recalibrating, going to speak to either friends, family about it, therapy in terms of just sitting down and having a safe place to share what each person is going through and how we can 
get through it or what each person needs from the other in that situation as well. We have gone away. It does help if you just disappear for a week or two and reconnect and figure out in terms of what your next steps are. But I think just talking about it to a certain extent, obviously you can only be there, like I said, for your partner to a limited capacity because you haven't experienced that with your body. You went through it in terms of being in it, but just being there. And I think just trying to communicate and be as clear as possible, obviously myself as a man, sometimes it's hard to convey what I'm thinking or my feelings and stuff like that. So doing that to uh, the best of my ability in terms of to avoid any miscommunication or obviously there's that added stress from those experiences and other things we go through on a daily basis. So just kind of remembering that we're on the same team at the end of the day. Uh, Team, teamwork. And you are in every relationship has to work as a team if it wants to grow, continue to grow, continue to prosper, continue to have fun. You know, relationship is fun. So uh, kudos to you for just taking her away for weeks at a time and just trying to make this time, you know, happy, pleasant, and still move forward. But during this time, you found that you two both shared a passion, and that's for kids and helping kids who are underprivileged, who are going through Serious, serious heartaches in her own life, as in regards to fostering. It's 20 children, that's a lot, Roman. How do you do that? How do you find the time to grow a business, to have one of the top podcasts in the world on Apple Podcasts and create a family, a loving environment for that many children? Yeah. So if you asked me, I guess, three years ago, if you would be a foster parent or a foster parent at this point, since June of 2018, 22 kids, I would say like, you're lying or no, that Mm -hmm. that'll never happen. And we got into foster care because after all those miscarriages, like I said, we're still trying. We thought about, could this be possibly a route to start a family? And obviously, if we don't end up adopting any of the children in our home, at least giving them a safe, loving home for the duration of time that either in the system or if it's a short-term kind of stay with us for an emergency placement or any reason. So technically, we're designated as foster to adopt, which means if we have a child long-term and the parental rights are terminated of the guardian, we would be the first people that the Division of Child Services comes to and asks, are you willing to adopt this child? Is this a good fit? So out of 22 children, it has not gotten to that point in terms of uh, what we've experienced. Actually, the first placement we had, two boys' brothers actually like broke us and we didn't know if we were going to foster again. We had them for a year and getting them, they were positioned, their mom is going to lose parental rights and you're going to be able to adopt them. So we were set up with this mindset like we would be able to adopt them after this duration of time. But if anyone knows or is familiar with the foster care system, things can change overnight in terms of the direction of a case. So their mom did whatever she needed to do. End up, they ended up being reunified with her, but it was hard. We thought about it and there's hundreds of thousands of kids in the foster care system. There's Good foster homes, bad foster homes, I think a lot of people get their ideas from entertainment shows, movies about foster care and the news as well, but the news tends to cover the negative stories. So I think it's important to kind of highlight good foster homes, good foster families and what they're actually doing for kids out there. And I try to advocate any appearance media I do, at least touching upon the foster care system, the cracks in it and how many people there's actually in the system that really need help. Wow, that's amazing. You know, a lot of people disregard the fact that there are other opportunities and other children need opportunities to find a home, 
a good home, giving, serving, any way you can, because there's so many children out there who actually need someone to care for them, to care for them, to be there for them, be guidance, because life is tough. Uh, And you've experienced that. You've experienced that in your own family, in your own life. So you understand uh, the importance of having a safe environment, a loving environment. In your past, it may not have been safe and it may not have been something that you would have wished on anyone. However, it sounds like you still have the love in the home of your family. And that right there is very important. And a lot of people do not have that. So kudos to you and your wife, of course. Now, a question that I have been wanting to ask since I met you is how in the world do you do a podcast with multiple children in the house? I had to lock my cat in the room because she was so noisy. Yeah, I have two dogs as well. It was actually tough because of COVID because to begin with, we got four kids under the age of six within a week of each other and a week of the lockdown in the state that I'm in New Jersey. So we went in full lockdown. So we had four kids under the age of six, 24-7 in the home. And then also my wife had to, you know, thank God she's here because she facilitated that. She wasn't working because her job was on site as a retail manager. So kids have different visits with their families, with their caseworkers, with their law guardians, with their nurse that are assigned to the case and other people. So all these meetings couldn't happen. So they switched everything to Zoom. So my wife was facilitating 22 hours of Zoom calls between four kids that were from three different families. So every caseworker was tripled, every nurse was tripled, and it was getting a little crazy. So without her, I would not be able to do that. And my interviews on my show and other media appearances really revolved since March around nap time and bedtime. And I just kind of made it work. If it's early in the morning, now the older children are back in daycare. Sometimes I would do it at night. I mean, their bedtime is really 7.30. So eight, nine, whatever time I had to do it, I do it. And I'm in a quiet area of my home. So the only thing I really have to worry about now is really keeping my dogs quiet. Mm -hmm. But I think it's like with everything, you find a way if you really want to do it. That's right. And it sounds like you both are serious overachievers. And there's so many excuses people put on themselves. Oh, you know, I have children. I have the job. I have this. I have this going on. But the moral of the story is that if you want to do it, you'll find a way you'll find a way. So you're going to implement the time management, the organization, the communication, the navigating of your life to find a way to make it happen. And that is one thing that I instill or communicate to so many people who give you excuses. And excuses are going to stop you. They're not going to allow you to grow. And if you want to do it, you have to push past those barriers. And you are definitely an example of that. Now, on top of the disheartening things that you and your wife endured, you've had losses and deaths and hardships through other areas of your life, but you still push through. What goes in your mind, Roman, that allows you to keep going, even enduring so much heartache that surrounds you? Yeah. So one thing, like one of those things was actually my 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 dad was around, but never really around. And there was like things of in terms of domestic violence I've seen when I was young. So my dad wasn't really there to be a big male role model in my life. So my grandfather kind of filled that void for me. So in February of 2019, he got sick and ended up passing at the end of the month. And that is actually tied to my podcast. So My podcast before was me being solo, talking about different digital marketing things, clients I worked on, 
my experiences with foster care and my grandfather passed away. So at this point, one of the major losses I've experienced in my life. So I could have just gave up everything and just got depressed and stuff like that, but went through kind of the normal grieving process. And then the next month I switched over to an interview format. I think I did that because it helped me kind of heal talking to people because although it's a business motivational show, we talk about journeys and hurdles people have overcome and people have talked about the grief and the loss and things of that nature that they've overcame and it actually helped me heal. So I think if I never really switched to the interview format, I would have probably went to something else in terms of a subject matter. But with my grandfather, I think I thought about it. And it's one of those things when he was alive, he told me he was proud of me in terms of what I accomplished, where I came from, the fact that I'm basically raising other people's kids and still loving them as my biological child. And I thought about it. He wouldn't have wanted me to just fold and quit. So I think I did it for him in terms of honoring him the best that I can and keep going as well as the ancestors that came before him. And I think as well, obviously my faith in terms of what I believe, my faith in Jesus Christ gets me through these things and just taking a step back with prayer and just kind of thinking about things and recalibrating. I think everybody has low and high points. Everybody can't be motivated or focused on their goal all the time. You see it on social media. That's not necessarily a accurate depiction of somebody 24-7. It's a highlight reel. So I think just recalibrating whatever you have in your life to come back from that. And some people need more time than others. I'm not going to judge anyone in terms of some people fall into a vice maybe to cope with that. But as long as you can wake up the next day, you have the ability to change the trajectory of your life. That's right. Interesting you say that. There's two things that you talked about is your faith. And people have to have, besides the devices, something that gives them a reason to wake up, something that gives them a reason to keep going no matter what. And when you have a strong faith in your life, that is the place that you go. That's the place that you go. That's the place you're going to go to get the strength to endure whatever is going on in your life. And so great job for doing that. And I'm sure you instill that in the children that you foster as well. Having a foundation of prayer, meditation, belief that things are going to get better, be a good person, serve others, and continue to thrive no matter what the circumstances there are. Now, you also talked about the highs and lows. And that's interesting because, yeah, social media, it only shows you the highlights. You know, there's days that I don't feel good that I'm definitely not going to put those, the days that I can't get out of bed or whatever, on social media. So we have to remember that. These people that you see on social media, it's just a fictitious illustration of what they're showing. This is not real. It's only highlights. But it gives you a little motivation of what can happen. So continue to be motivated and watch that as well. So awesome job for that. And to keep going and giving our listeners strategies, techniques to build up the strength and encourage the wherever they can within them to just keep moving forward. Now, Mr. Roman, what is lighting you up these days? What lights you up? Not being in my comfort zone. I've said that on my show a lot and just thinking in terms of clients I worked with and just looking at companies and their trajectories complacency is the death of innovation. So if you're in your comfort zone, you're never truly going to achieve like your maximum potential. So being in a state of discomfort, not obviously like physically, but doing things that are kind of scary from the business standpoint or taking a leap like with foster care and just not overthinking things because it's one of those things where it's a reoccurring theme in terms of conversations. Also, people that want to come out with a company or an idea or a product, they want everything perfect but perfect. They're never going to get it 
out into the market because they can't get out of their own head. So if you have an idea, figure it out, write it down, create a plan, start taking baby steps. Or if you have a product, because it's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be perfect. Just get it out there. See what people think about it. Get feedback, figure it out. If it's an idea that doesn't work, then you learn something from it. Okay. Failure isn't failure unless you just don't learn something from it and you can pivot from that or you can obviously build on that. So I think just not being comfortable because as soon as I feel like being too complacent or comfortable, I have to do something or learn something or do something that just like snap my mind back into a more hungry state. And oftentimes also, I don't want to be ever number one, because I think number two is the hungriest you can be like a contender. If you're number one, you're going to get comfortable as like the quote unquote champion if you want to look at sports. And eventually somebody will surpass you. But if you're number two, you're constantly driven with that kind of hunger to get to that position. And I think if you look at companies over the years, it's just a, a matter of waking up and doing something about your situation. So if you look at the Fortune 500 list 30, 40 years ago, they're all different companies because they failed to innovate or do anything about their situations and they thought they were the best, but clearly competitors can do things a lot better in terms of innovation. So it's just one of those things where you just need to outlast. So I think a lot of success is just not quitting and outlasting because a lot of people, I believe, give up too soon on their idea or dream. And oftentimes they may be a day, a week or a month away from really like getting past that hurdle and really becoming successful. Wow. Well said. Well said. All of that. <laughs> I take it to heart following that up, that information and information just to keep me to move forward. Right. So, yeah, baby steps and begin now. It's never the right time. And that's one thing that I've always thought in my mind from an early age. I quit school or didn't have the money or I have to wait and save it. Then I learned and I say to myself, it's never going to be the right time. Just go for it and do it and do not give up. So what is Roman doing? What does the future hold for Mr. Roman? What are you working on? Personally, I like to do a lot of passion projects. So in terms of my business mindset, so I think from my late 20s into my early 30s, I switched over to a heart-led entrepreneur mindset in terms of leaving a legacy. So as many people as I can help as possible, a lot of which I've done a considerable amount of pro bono work, helping charities and nonprofits with their digital marketing strategy tactics and stuff like that. And just people, I don't like people being screwed over. So especially small business owners where people approach them, you know, you can give me $5,000 and I will get you on a, a first page of Google for all these things. And you're going to get a million dollars more business, or I can do this in terms of a paid strategy. So even if someone is not able financially to work with my company, I'm more than happy happy to point them in the right direction. So they're set up for success and they know what they're looking for because everything could look super enticing with a wrap. So I guess like you can't put lipstick on a pig or whatever the American saying is. So like just because you gift wrap something, that thing inside may be like horrendous for your business. So really positioning what someone wants to do and what to look out for. Sometimes even people say, you know, I just got this proposal and I said, okay, jump on a phone call or a conference call or a Zoom, send it to me and we'll go through it together real quick. So I take a lot of free time that obviously can be billable time, but I would rather have people have a favorable outlook of digital marketing and the field than their first experience be with the snake oil salesman and um, bait and switch experience. Wow. You have a, just a rock solid heart for serving and helping so many people. And I thank you for that, Roman. And I certainly thank you for being on this podcast. You have become a wealth of information, inspiration, encouragement 
for definitely me, but I'm sure many of our listeners here today. But thank you again. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I mean, if anyone has any questions about obviously certain things in digital marketing or are interested in becoming a foster parent or anything else in terms of my experiences, I'm accessible on any social channel or my website or anywhere else. If you Google my name, obviously my last name is a little hard to pronounce or write its 10 letters, but it's fairly easy to find me on the internet. Awesome. And I will put your link definitely in the podcast post and any promotion advertising that we have out there as well. So again, I want to thank you so much, Mr. Roman, for being here, for sharing that great information and for inspiring our listeners. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Be Seen, Be Loved podcast. For more inspiring conversations, please share with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or feedback, you can reach me directly at beseenbelovedpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.